1: See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com Joe, where is that magnifying glass? How you
2: doing today? This is Joe, and we're here today to talk about apologetics, a worldview to see where you stand. I'm with throughout all ages fifteen thirty apologetics. Today we're going to talk more about special revelation. When we talk about special revelation, last week we uh, we 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 talked about this special revelation. But today I want to talk about something more specific on this first uh, half and it's about faith. Now faith is a word that is so misused and so misunderstood in Christianity. Not one person, think about this, not one person would have faith in God unless God revealed himself to them. This is called special revelation. Throughout the Bible, there is this distinction between the action of faith and the grounding of our faith. I want to start off with the famous verse, Hebrews 11, because I think this is where it gets misunderstood. It tells us in Hebrews eleven one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it goes on to verse 6, and I think this is where we have to build our context from. It says, but without faith. It is impossible to please God, for who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, when we see that word that, that, that he, they who come to God must believe that he is, guess what? That word believe, that word believe is pistool. Pistool is derived from... Pistis, pistis is the Greek word for faith. So think about that. We must believe that God is, and when we believe, we're using a derived word that comes from pistis, faith, and it's believe, which is pistil. When we think of faith is the evidence of things not seen, this is not talking about God per se. In Christian thought, this is talking about things hoped for. Our trials, our jobs, healings, movings, God's providence in our lives, and even our prayers. This is what he's talking about. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When we think of faith as the evidence of things not seen, Seeing, this is not talking about God. This is talking about the action. Remember, the verb. Even when we look at John 20, 29, and here Jesus is talking to Thomas, doubting Thomas, and he said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen me and have believed. Well, what is Jesus saying? Jesus is not saying, Blessed are you for knowing nothing about who I am, And you still believe what he is saying is the ver in the verse is quite opposite. He is saying to those who put their trust in him after the ascension, after he goes to his throne in heaven. Blessed are you for never seeing me physically. And yet you have believed. Now that word faith in the Greek, remember, it's pistis. It actually means conviction of the truth. The etymology of it that it's derived from is pytho. You know what pytho means? Pytho means having confidence, having confidence. And we find this in a verse like Matthew 27, 43, where it says he trusted in God, pythos. He trusted in God. Or Romans two nineteen, and are confident. There's that word pytho, Pistis. Faith is derived from pitho, which means trusted and confident. So when we look at the word faith, it means the conviction of truth, of confidence. Now, does it make sense to call this a blind faith? Of course, the answer is no. This is not a blind faith. This is a distinction most atheists don't define correctly and a lot of Christians make this mistake about the passage in Hebrews 11. When it talks about faith, the Christian faith is not built out of thin air or something you blindly hope for. So let's take a step back. First, we learned in the last couple of weeks that general revelation that God has made himself known to all men. How? By creation his providence, our conscience, and the law of God, which is morality. So there is this work that has taken place to know this God already. It's a general revelation. But special revelation is when God speaks through his words and his actions. This is a divine intervention of God. This is not always for all people in all places. So let's look at the man of faith. Let's look at Abraham. How did Abraham acquire faith to believe God and it was imputed for him as righteousness? It was accounted to him as righteousness. Well, let's look at his testimony. If we go down further to Hebrews eleven eight, what does it say there? It says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, God called Abraham when he lived in the land of Ur. This is the country of Ur was worshipped by pagan gods, pagan gods. All the men in that place worship pagan gods. And here was Abraham. In this verse, it says that Abraham obeys who? Who does he obey? He obeys God. Where he went was altogether a different story. It tells us that. Not knowing where he was going is what the verse says. Not knowing where he was going was a subcategory. Abraham obeyed who? He obeyed God. And this was accounted for him for righteousness. The question arises, why did he obey God? Well, let's look at this. We can go to Hebrews 11, 9, and it testifies about this account that took place. It says that Abraham by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, a foreign land, right? Not knowing where he was going, a foreign land. And he waited in the city for he waited for that city, which has foundation whose builder and maker is God. So he went to a country, a foreign country but he, what was he looking for? He wasn't looking primarily for his next step. What he was looking for is the founder, the builder, and the maker, which is the God he knew again in this verse eleven nine of Hebrews. Abraham dwells in a foreign country, not knowing every step God has planned, but what he did have confidence in or pistis or faith. It says that he waited for the city whose builder and maker is God. This context is what we should expect. It says, by faith, Abraham dwelt in a foreign country and he waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham's faith, Pistis, trusted in God. That was imputed to him as righteousness. Yes, the faith, the action that takes place, he's walking and doesn't know his next step. You see, it's the object, it's the object of our faith that makes it secure in the Christian walk. We don't just speak positive words and things happen. It originates from who, who we put the object of our faith on. The action is done in faith but our grounding is on the Christian God. This is, a, this is built on a solid foundation. Now the verse says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But with faith, in verse 6, it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to him must believe what? He must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's this sixth verse that is the key, that Abraham believed that God is. So the divine lesson here is to trust God because of who he is. Then you take a step of faith. That step of faith is based on the action that takes place. The trust, however, is on the author and the creator who made you. This is why we can look at Hebrews eleven eleven, and it says, By faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive a, a birth of a baby, and she bore a child when she was past the age because, why? She judged him, God, faithful, who had promise. Again, our hope in life, whatever it may be, whether sickness, drama, trials, death, salvation, we judge him faithful who made the promise. This is the object of our pistis, of our faith, for our confidence in God. And then in this next half, we'll continue talking about Romans 10, that faith comes by hearing. This is Joe with 1530 apologetics throughout all ages. I thank you for being a part
1: of today's talk. Don't go away because there is much more to come with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K Praise.
0: Throughout All Ages Ministry 1530 Apologetics goes into the public high school to build up the student's character, to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth.
2: Studies show 75-85% to of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from
1: their faith.
0: For more information about 1530 Apologetics, go to throughoutallages.com.
1: Join Creation Fellowships and Apologetics Speaker Series Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. via Zoom. First Peter, verse 3, chapter 15 says, To always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Creation Fellowship Santee's brand name apologetic speakers will do just that. Equip you with the knowledge and tactics to explain your Christian faith. Get equipped Thursday nights at 6.30. Learn more on Facebook and YouTube at Creation Fellowship Santee or email CreationFellowshipSantee at gmail.com. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages, 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona, on K-Praise.
2: How you doing today? This is Joe. We're in the second part of talking about special revelation, and we're talking about faith. And we left off talking about Sarah, that Sarah judged him faithful who had promise and we get into Romans 10 that it tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God we know this in Christianity it has always worked the same in the Old Testament as the new faith comes by hearing God or his word also his works can testify of who he is let me illustrate this if we go to Hebrews 11:31 it says by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies in peace. Now what kind of faith was this? Well we wouldn't know unless we went to Joshua 2 nine and we actually read what happened. and there it says that Rahab said to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land. So she's talking to these spies. I know the Lord has given you the land. The terror of you has fallen on us all and the, all the inhabitants of the land are faint hearted because of you for we have heard there's that hearing how the lord dried up the water of the red sea for when you came out of egypt and what you did to those two kings of the amorites our hearts our hearts melted neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you for the lord your god Listen to her testimony. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. We see on this occasion it wasn't a blind faith. That Rahab's faith was built on what she knew and heard about God who is able to dry the Red Sea to bring down those kings of the Amorites. So next time you hear faith is a substance not seen, It's not saying we hope Christianity is true. What it is saying, that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, but without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So let's look at this pistis. Faith is confidence in the object of our faith, namely the Christian God. I want you to know that man is never saved by works faith, but by a knowing faith, knowing him, knowing God as the author and the finisher of our faith. This is a vertical trust from heaven to earth. And what it produces is this horizontal work here on earth. And this is why we read in James 2.20, but don't you know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? You see, because we would work out, we would produce this horizontal work if we have this trust that comes vertically between God and the person knowing who God is. Abraham's faith or confidence in God produced a work of getting out of the land of Ur, not knowing where he was going. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want you to remember this, that man is never saved by a work's faith. You have to know that but a knowing faith, knowing him, knowing God. This is a vertical trust from heaven to earth, and so we must get a grip on this kind of faith. Can I remind you that there's many men that try to reach towards God? Every religion that we know tries to reach God, but in Christianity, God reaches down to man. So then this type of mustard seed of faith that Jesus makes reference to, it starts with a general revelation and it proceeds to a salvation that comes from a special divine revelation. Jesus speaks to us. We know that. We read in Hebrews 1, God at various times and various uh, places spoke in times past to the prophets by the prophets to the fathers, but has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Jesus now in the flesh in the body is speaking to us, revealing who God is and his plan for mankind. Another way is by the works of Jesus, right? Let me explain this to you. When Jesus took off from Nazareth and he went to start his ministry, he went to Galilee And then as he was coming back to Nazareth, he went into the synagogue. And when he went into the synagogue, he went in there. And one of the people there that that passed out the sacred uh, scrolls handed Jesus this scroll. Now, by the way, when they hand a scroll out, they usually hand it to someone who they consider a rabbi. And it goes by slot. So they didn't just say, I'm going to give him this one because it's a special one. No, they just handed him the next in line. And when Jesus took it, most times in the synagogue, you would sit down and you would read it and then you'd put it away and you would commentary on it. Today, Jesus grabs a scroll, scroll realizes what he's reading stands up because when you're talking about prophecy, when you're talking about uh, things that are written about future events, about the Messiah, you would stand up to read these things. And so here Jesus is, he stands up and he begins to read. And it says in Luke four sixteen that when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover the sight of the blind, to set the liberty to those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down and it says all the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. Why? Because this is a, was a Masonic prophecy that he was reading. They were waiting for the Messiah. And when Jesus read that, he handed it to them, sat down, and then he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled In your hearing, a light to the Gentiles, it says that their hearts were pricked, Because here's this Jesus of Nazareth that they grew up with, reading to say that he is the Messiah, that he's fulfilling these scriptures, that he would heal the blind, heal the brokenhearted, that he was a light to the Gentiles. And it says a tumult game, a riot came out. They grabbed him and they wanted to throw him over the cliff as they went about, I don't know, about a quarter of a mile dragging him. And he got away and he was able to get away but this is how they felt when he introduced that he was the Messiah. But this brings us to another point, prophecy. Prophecy was another special revelation that God gave to the prophets of old, that when they spoke, they said, future telling events. And this was one of them. 700 years before Jesus arrived as a historical figure, Isaiah was writing about this scripture. And here Jesus is saying, this is fulfilled today. What an awesome testimony that we can see from what Jesus is doing, a special revelation Also, we know as we go further that Jesus lives in us. That's a special revelation. We never knew that Jesus was going to live in us. But it tells us in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In 2 Corinthians 3.15, it says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Christ Jesus is in you? And then we had the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is a special revelation. You see, David made prophecy of this 800 years before it would happen. And it says here in Acts 2.31, David foreseeing this spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ. So here's David writing that God will not leave the Messiah soul in hell, nor will his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up of which we are all witnesses of. So here Paul is writing about this account that was written 800 years ago. In John 10, 18, it tells us talking about the resurrection, talking about the resurrection, Jesus said, no one takes it from me, my life, but I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it again. And this command I receive from my father. The other thing we get in the special revelation is that God sends the Holy Spirit. In John 16:7, it says nevertheless Jesus is telling the disciples, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I go away I will send a helper. The Holy Spirit will come to you, but it will but if I de, if if but if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict you, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. One other verse about a special revelation from the Holy Spirit in John 14, 17, it says the spirit of truth, whom we, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. He says, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. This is the first account that we heard of the Holy Spirit living within us. I thank you for being a part of this second half. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics. And we will see you next week. Have a good day. We'll see you.
1: That's a take. And this has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Joe Gaona. How to support and get involved with 1530 Apologetics by visiting throughoutallagesministries.com.